Welcome, everybody. Today we have the team from Pharmacolog back. Welcome, Steve, Territory Manager, and Jeff, Director of Sales. About a year ago, I interviewed them regarding their product, Waste Log, and I've invited them back to do a demo of Waste Log for us, which is what they're going to be doing. But before we jump into that demo, maybe you could start by just giving us a nice overview of how the equipment is best used within a facility. For example, is it meant to be used by the end user on the floor or by the pharmacy? How do you recommend and what do you see as the best process? Just kind of give us that overview. Very good question, Terry. Um, the way our software is designed with the latest version, uh, the system can be utilized in very, uh, very various different ways. Uh, it can be used by the end user. So if you do have the provider that you do want to perform the assay, it can be set up that way where it does not provide them the result. The result would just be viewed by uh, folks in the pharmacy. It can also be set up for uh, use by pharmacy. So uh, pharmacy does all the assay testing. Uh, now, whether they do that testing down in the procedure area or in the pharmacy uh, or any designated area that they deem, uh, the, the system is, is mobile, uh, so they can really perform the test and do the tests uh, as randomly as they want and wherever they want. Okay, great. All right, thank you. Let's jump into the demo. Okay, great. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Steve. So we're going to go ahead and show you um, how the uh, WasteLog software works, and I'll go ahead and get started. So that you, this is the sign-on screen. So on the left-hand side, you have the username. Uh, in, in this case, there's there's my name, and then the user would have a four-digit to six-digit sign-in code, which we would uh, set them up with. And then you punch the code in, and then when you punch the code in, it'll bring you to a uh, reference measurement screen. And basically, we ask that a uh, a reference measurement be done every 24 hours. It's basically um, a refer reference measurement of saline. So 0 0.3 to 0.5 mLs that goes into a cuvette. Uh, you hit the measure reference. And really that's this is all to just basically zero out the variations of the system. This is done once a day. And once it's done, you don't have to do it anymore. So after that, we, we move to the uh, the screen where we have the medications that you want to test for. This is our, our, our drug library. So in this case, let's test fentanyl and let's say we're looking for fentanyl 10. So in, in this case, you can, you can actually either put 10 in there or you can take your finger and you can slide it up and down to the strength that you want to test for. The machine uh, can go by touch, so you can put your finger there and then you just enter the concentration you want to test for, and then you hit next. So if we're going to test for fentanyl 10, it'll bring you to this screen here, which is your preparation ID field. So in this field, it's all the pertinent information that goes in the preparation ID. So the, the name of the drug, the date, anything can go in this field. If you have a, a, a barcode, you can actually scan the barcode and the information off the barcode would go into the preparation ID field, which would save a few steps from actually doing the manual entry. Then we have a remaining volume field. So this is the remaining volume. So let's say we have 0.5 mLs that's left in the syringe. And then finally, the provider ID field, where you can put the provider information in, which in this case would be John Smith. You hit next, 
and then you draw 0.3 to 0.5 mLs from the syringe or the bag. It goes into a cuvette. You put it into the system, and then you hit measure sample. And then within two to three seconds, this is what's going on. This is the waste log technology at work. So this is the UV visible light absorption spectroscopy. You have a powerful light that's shooting through the sample. It's, it's, uh, it's working with the spectrometer and then it's creating that software analysis, which is your, your pass or your fail. So it's done in two to three seconds. It's very, very, very quick. So if we look to the left, we were testing for fentanyl 10. And if we look to the right, we got a pass. So we, we expected fentanyl 10, we measured at fentanyl 10.254, and we have a deviation of 2.5%. This is a good test. So it's a pass measurement. We would hit next. And then this is the field where you can put comments in. Um, obviously, this is a pass measurement. So um, the, the comments would be passed. And then you would hit submit. So this is actually a failed measurement. So we're gonna look at a couple different scenarios here. We're expecting fentanyl 10, just like before. We got a fail, which is a concentration of uh, 5.0.49 and a deviation of negative 4.9, uh, 49.5%. So let's take a look at the graph and find out why it failed. So it identified fentanyl, which is good, but again, it, it, it came up half of that, so it failed. Um, it also will search for any medication in the calibration library. So it looks for, it'll look for fentanyl first, but it will also go through the library to see if it found any other medication. If it would have been saline, it, it would have said identified saline, should have been fentanyl. Um, if you look at the graph, you can see the concentration levels here. These are all the concentrations of fentanyl 5, 10, uh, 49.9, 50. And basically what this is, this is a wavelength graph. And you can kind of see that the uh, sample line, which is green in here, it kind of follows these, these concentrations of, of the fentanyl 10 here. So there's three different areas that you're looking at. You're looking at the area here, you're looking at the area here, and then you're looking at the area here. So being that this is a failed sample, um, we, we would classify it. We have a classification of, of green, yellow, and red. Um, this would be a red uh, uh, classification because it's a fail. You have the opportunity to put comments in. Actually, you would, be, you would need to put comments in. So at this point, we would put sample measured at, at 5 mcg per ml. Uh, further investigation is needed and then you would hit submit, and then you can actually cap the cuvette and save it if you want to send it in for further testing. In this case, this is an error basically based on concentration, which could be a mixture issue, not technically a diversion issue. So why waste log? Waste log is a vital component of diversion prevention programs. It's quick, reliable, easy to use, and affordable. It's a portable device. It's easy to move between OR, ICU, pharmacy, or facilities. There's no limit to the number of tests performed per month, so there's no subscription. Uh, the new calibrations can be added to the drug library on site by you uh, under three minutes, so it's very quick. 
Uh, you get immediate results in the graphical, cur graphical curves for a uh, more in-depth analysis. Uh, shared data with any existing diversion analytics already in place. It uses cuvettes, so it preserves a sample for further testing. Um, it's got the latest UV-Vis spectroscopy technology. It has the ability to identify low concentrations of fentanyl and pediatric dosing, which is huge. Um, it's integrated with the barcode label systems like SLS from Cadonix for improved workflow. Uh, that's where we talked about the preparation ID field and a couple slides uh, back where you can scan the barcode and all that information would populate into the preparation ID field. All that information gets saved. Uh, it is cloud-based for local storage of calibrations and measurement data, and the waste log can be used as a standalone or networked. Now, what comes with the waste log is we have the Pharmacolog dashboard, and basically, basically this is Pharmacolog's data analytic tool, and uh, the customer has access to this 24/7. Uh, so, they from from this from this reporting tool, you can you can pull down the results. Uh, right away, you can make analytics. Um, you can see graphs on your laptop. Um, it's basically your measurement tool to look at what has been done during the day and for you to uh, do what you need to do to keep track of what needs to be done. It also can be exported to uh, a third-party software company, um, which would help you look for more trends inside the hospital. Another, another thing we offer here is support services um, uh, on top of on-site installation and training, uh, remote technical support and assistance. Uh, we offer ongoing education and training. Uh, we know that there's a, you know, there might be some turnover in the hospital and somebody needs to get trained. Uh, we're able to do that over virtual. If needed, we could do that in person. Um, um, obviously the installation and operation qualifications, uh, application support and technical service and, and, and life cycle management. And, and basically, you know, we're, we, uh, if, if a customer, let's say has a fail and they, they need some further assistance and clarification on the fail, they can send us an email and within 24 hours, we will, we will do an analysis of the fail and let them know what we found in the sample within less than 24 hours. So that's an extra benefit that we offer um, as part of our support services. And that's it. So back to the question earlier, Terry, on the different workflows. The workflow that we just went through uh, is the workflow that would be utilized by pharmacy. So a pharmacy at the end when they, you know, they're actually able to see the result right then and there on, um, immediately. Uh, if it was where the end user or the provider was actually performing the test, it would once the test was performed, it would just say basically thank you very much, test complete, um, okay. and then the the pharmacy staff would go to the dashboard to see what the actual results are. Okay, no, I'm glad that you mentioned that. So is that something that you can just kind of toggle back and forth if you have one machine in one yes. place, and one machine you set it? Okay, and I'm yeah. I'm guessing it takes an administrator of some sort to switch that. They can't just get in and change that. That's correct. Okay. All right. I should have had a pen and paper to write down my my questions, but some you answered with your summary. So you had mentioned it can scan the barcode. You're talking about yes. the drug itself from the manufacturer, but then you also mentioned Codonics, which I'm thinking they have a barcode too, right? They uh, do. Yes. They actually, oh. I have a sample right here, and I, okay. I I don't know if you can see it or, or not, yeah. but uh, well, there it is. 
Or is it lined up just fentanyl, right? But it's not actually fentanyl. <laughs> it's not exactly fentanyl, but the, the, there, there it is. So we have the ability to scan that barcode, and okay. um, and and that information populates the prepare, the date, every everything into that preparation ID field, and everything gets saved, which is okay. Really nice. How does that work with if a hospital is ordering something from a, you know, a different manufacturer that puts it in syringe for them versus the wholesaler where it comes, you know, pre, pre done already? What do you, does the pharmacy itself have to enter all of those scans in? So you have a baseline or do you keep a database or how does that work? So, um, <clears throat> Terry, so the uh, that work would be done on the back end uh, with codonics and the hospital. So if we're using the codonics label per se, okay. let's say. Um, so when when the codonics label prints out, because what that prints out at, at the time of dispensing. So when they dispense out of the anesthesia workstation, uh, a controlled substance, a label from codonics will print out after okay. they scan what the drug is. Um, and then when they put that label on, all of the information that you just mentioned is going to be in the label from Codonics. Uh, now, there are other systems out there, um, with, which is where we would be reading the barcode from. It would be uh, the other system uh, barcode. That's what we would be reading. And we parse certain parts of that barcode to put it into our system, into the fields that we need. Okay. So like if I'm ordering from whatever wholesaler and I get the stuff that, you know, most of my city is using, then the barcode is probably in the formulary. But what if I'm ordering syringes drawn up from another supplier that may not, you know, um, how do you get, there could be potentially a lot of barcodes, right? If it's not codonics and it's not a major brand from a manufacturer? How does that work? Who puts that formulary in? Um, it would come from um, when, uh, when the pharmacy gets a new manufactured um, um, item in from a different manufacturer, that information would have to go into their, their system. Okay. Um, and then that system transfers over to us. Okay. And do you, um, you mentioned it parses it out. So I know that there are times when a barcode is, is if you're reading the whole thing, it's so specific and you need to like every new batch that comes in, you need to rescan something for it to recognize. How is Pharmacolog on that specificity? Um, does it only read a certain point that is pretty common in terms of just the drug and, and the strength, or does it, is it very specific and you would find yourself putting them in? Um, no, you wouldn't have to put them in. Um, so what we do is once we have the information from whichever system uh, that the hospital is using, so those, those specific parts of the barcode are the ones that we pick out and put into okay. uh, the fields that we need. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause I've seen it like with PCA syringes or something, every new batch that came into the pharmacy, the barcode was different, different. and it just became very laborious to, to put in there. I mean, not your system, but just to read it on the scanner, you know, for the automated dispensing machine. Okay. Um, let's see. What was the other question I had? Ooh. Um, Shoot, it's gone. I should have written it down and then I got too focused on my on my one question. Um, so formulary wise, you said the person they can enter and it goes down to the really small amounts for pediatrics. You haven't had any trouble with reading any pediatric concentrations? No, not, so not far, whatsoever. No. Um, no. Okay. 
And who maintains the machine? Do they, I'm assuming it has to be cleaned or maintained in some way. Does is that happen? You train the, the staff on site to take care of that or how does that work? Um, we do as part of the installation and training process. Um, we do show the, uh, the, you know, the end customer how to take care of the machine. Um, now part of the services contract, uh, which is renewed on an annual basis, is some preventative maintenance. We do some remote diagnostics on an annual basis just to make sure everything is working properly. Um, other than that, there really is no major maintenance that needs to be performed. Okay. All right. Well, it's great to see these types of products because, you know, we all know that waste is an area that is easy for diversion. And of course, if somebody knows that you're watching, then they probably won't use waste as that method. So it's preventative, right? Because mm -hmm. you know you're being watched. But then also it may force them in a different direction if they, you know, really are in a position where this is where they're they're getting their meds from, that it might be a little bit more obvious how they're doing it because it's, you know, we just we don't know what's in a syringe when it's being wasted. So it's so nice to see this part of the loop being closed because it is a really big gap. And to that point, I think it's great that it is a standalone, but also can be integrated with the software surveillance that a hospital may be fortunate enough to have so that their investigator can just look in one place and see all of that data. Are you hooked in any way with the automated dispensing machines? Or I guess if you're if you're doing it in the pharmacy, it's completely different. But if you left it for the end user, put it for the end user to use, would they need to log on to the automated dispensing just so that there's a record of that waste and then go into Pharmacolog and do their thing? So they're going to two places. How does that work? That would be the normal process, Terry. So they would still, because they still need to document that they're actually of the waste. So whatever method they're utilizing, if they do have an automated dispensing cabinet, they would go into to that system to document the waste um, with a witness, obviously. Um, and then the, the testing part of the assay part would be done in Pharmacolog. Okay. Can it measure... Well, okay, you're just putting a small amount in the, the cuvette, so it does. And I was going to ask you if it can measure volume. In other words, if it's supposed to be 2.5 mLs that's being wasted, does it measure that? But no, because you're drawing a sample out and putting it in. So right now, it's just measuring concentration, drug and concentration. Correct, correct. Okay. And right. since the, the fact that they have to put in the remaining volume uh, is an indication, uh, is a double check, actually, because usually what pharmacy will do is when they empty out the waste container from the automated dispensing cabinet is they have a report of what should be in there. Sure. And they do a reconciliation of what's in there. Um, and then at the time when they have to enter in, in our system, the remaining volume, they double check, does that match? If okay. On the waste, they said they were wasting 0.5 and do I actually have 0.5 and they would enter in the 0.5 in our system. Okay, part of the manual process of that. Okay, great. Which okay, we're hoping to automate at some point. Right, with with right. some of the automated dispensing companies. So we're, we, we started sure. with the analytical companies so we can send them our data. Uh, and next steps are, um, you know, potentially to work with some of the automated dispensing cabinets. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Okay, great. Well, thank you for that demo. I know that last Terry, time, let's go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, Terry, I just wanted to say something real quickly, you know, aside from, you know, this machine helping for diversion is, is, 
you know, I, I discussed in, in one of the slides in the presentation, you know, it also picks up uh, error. I mean, if, if, if there's, there's, you know, the wrong medic, you know, the wrong strength. So um, we've had customers that, you know, have found um, bags and syringes that have been uh, unlabeled on the floor and they're able to take it to this device and within a couple seconds find out what was in that bag or that syringe, you know, um, and, and, and furthermore could be used, uh, you know, as, as a teaching tool as well for, you know, for pharmacy technicians. So, um, you know, it, 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 there's much, the value, there's much more value than just diversion with this device. It, it's, it's really um, picking up other things beside, you know, what, what, what's happening in, in, in the syringe. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So do you have any customers that use it specifically in the pharmacy for compounding, double checking and, and quality assurance? That would be our um, other device. Oh, OK. All yes. right. Um, yes. So your other device, is it by chance the drug log? We had talked about that before and it wasn't in the U.S. Oh, look at that. You are prepared. <laughs> okay, tell me about that. All right. So, um, yes, since we last spoke, um, uh, Druglog has gone through the FDA process, uh, and we now have it available on the market. Um, and some of the applications for Druglog, as you mentioned, Terry, in the pharmacy, and that will, um, what it's being primarily used for is testing of compounds, whether they're, whether it's uh, hazardous, non-hazardous, whether they're uh, manually prepared, or whether they're done by robotics. Um, and outside of chemo, just even batch filling, um, utilizing robotics or, or manual. Um, also for verification of the uh, robotics that's in the pharmacy for uh, after maintenance. So if a hardware um, maintenance uh, upgrade happens or a software upgrade happens on the robotics, uh, prior to it going into service, they would run a, run a, run a sample and then test it with our drug log system to verify that it's still working the way it should. Um, so we we uh, again since since it's been um, gone through FDA uh, we've been you know going through um, with and some of the reasons why drug log would be used first off it's part of the quality control process of the medication with um, in the pharmacy at the final uh, check so okay. there are a lot of products out on the market um, that are great that are quality assurance, um, that use the gravimetrics and the photographs, uh, but it truly does not, it truly will not give you exactly what is in that compound. Uh, so uh, primarily, again, uh, it's going to reduce medication and errors uh, before the medication actually leaves the pharmacy. Um, it's gonna reduce cost and increase ROI. Um, obviously, if the, you know, we're not, we're sending out the right item, we're, you know, to the patient, there's no chance of a medication error, which if there is an adverse reaction, the patient's gonna wind up staying in the hospital a lot longer, which obviously there's a lot of cost there. Um, all the different, um, all the different uh, types of compounding workflows that are out there, it fits into those uh, very, very easily. Um, and this is where we were talking about the training. Uh, Jeff, you had mentioned training and, and uh, with the pharmacy technicians, and if they're manually compounding, it provides consistency. Uh, you know, each person, when, it, when they're manually compounding, there's going to be variations just within the, the person who's doing it um, and how they were taught and right. how they actually do things. So this actually would provide some consistency in what's leaving the pharmacy that the, um, 
you know, that the, the what what the pharmacy wants is actually how it's going out the door. Um, okay. It's affordable. Um, it runs along again with um, with waste log and how easy it is to use um, and the affordability factor there. Same technology, um, no different uh, as far as the back end technology is the same as waste log. Uh, it just has a little bit of a different front end and um, how we view how we view things, how we display things, uh, and how the customer uses it. Okay. So what would be the, um, I could think of maybe one, but what would be the reason that you couldn't just use the waste log to check your quality control? Why would you need both? The, um, it there's several reasons. Um, one, it depends on with waste log where that's being uh, utilized. So okay. if that's going to be utilized in procedure areas, well, the device is going to be there instead of in sure. the pharmacy where obviously the compounding is happening. Um, also, the compounding is done, uh, compounding is in a sterile area where the weight, where the drug log would actually be as well. So you don't want to be walking in there with controlled substances to actually perform your waste log testing. And you okay. don't want to take the drug log out of the, comp, you know, the sterile, you know, out of the sterile area um, to perform that. Uh, so there, there's various reasons why, uh, and they're they're set up differently software-wise as well, because uh, again, one is uh, you know one is for waste screening, uh, where the other is for verification of the product prior to it going to a patient. It sounds like there's a little bit of overlap, but if you need your machines in more than one place, and certainly if you're going to go with outside of the controlled substance and the hazardous piece, then it makes sense to, to have a separate one. Um, and rather than putting, I, could, you, could you use a waste log if you had it in your compounding room and it was sterile, would it theoretically do yes. the same thing? Okay, all right. It, it would, you would just need to create the yes. calibrations for whatever it is you were going to test. All those um, drugs. In order to perform it, yeah. so in a pinch, you could use waste log to perform okay. uh, what drug log does if you needed okay. it to. Okay. Um, and then getting back to your other question, that, that's one of the other differences between the two, is uh, you know waste log. We're we're testing more or less to make sure the drug is there, right? It is. We're testing for fentanyl. Is fentanyl there? Okay. There's no diversion here. Mm -hmm. With drug log, it's uh, definitely more. Um, there's a lot more calibrations that go into it because we want it to be as precise as possible because this is going to a patient you know, you know, prior to going to a patient. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot more work with the calibrations and the drug libraries on the drug, on the drug log side versus the waste log side. Okay, that makes sense. Now I know um, in at least some states, uh, the California being the one I'm the most familiar with, you are required to send out or you are required to sample for quality control and everywhere I've worked, it, it's usually a send out because the lab just isn't set to do it. And these types of products were not available. Would drug log meet that requirement? Do you know? I, I don't know if there's a you know specific technology requirement or what have you for who you use. Uh, it, it does. Now, it would, it would meet the requirement for the effic efficacy. Um, now, it just depends on California law. I'm not exactly too, you know, 100% up on, on the yeah. California law and what the, what the requirements are. Um, the only thing that we don't, we wouldn't be able to test um, is uh, sterility. That's the only thing we wouldn't be able to test. Okay, which I'm sure that's part of it. Okay, all right. I was thinking, oh, that might be your ROI right there is if you, they don't have to do their send out anymore. 
Um, well, yeah, that's one of them. That actually is one of them. Um, yeah. And from in talking to some of the other, uh, in talking to some directors about this, uh, they are able to do sterility testing in house. They're okay. not able to do the effic efficacy part, okay. um, which is where we come in. So I think ultimately okay. it would eliminate the, the okay. um, sending out to uh, you know a third party lab. Okay. All right. Good. Good to know. Good point. Okay. All right. I think that wraps it up. Unless uh, either one of you has anything addition additional to add, thank you for for the demo. I think it makes it a little bit clearer for people that are considering you know closing that gap with the waste is just to see what they're looking at and how it would work. So I thank you for that. Do you have anything more you want to add before we close it up? Not that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, not that okay. I can think of. No, I, okay. I really appreciate your time, Terry. And, and, and thanks again for having us back. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you thank to both you, of you. All right.